Science. Welcoming everyone to another facts-driven episode of the T3 podcast series, Bolder Voices, Better Insights, which brings to you the thought-provoking viewpoints of the souls behind big names and even bigger transformations of the travel and tourism industry. Today we have with us a visionary personality who apart from playing a prominent leadership role in the Indian tourism industry has also represented at various global industry forums. Well, starting his journey with Air India, he now takes pride of his role being the president of Travel Agents Federation of India, the chief executive of Nomad Travels India and the founding president of International Institute for Peace Through Tourism. So without any further delay this is Kuhilika Roy Chaudhary from Travel Trends today welcome Mr Ajay Prakash for today's interaction and let's learn some unexplored aspects of the Indian travel tourism and trade industry and even beyond hello Mr Prakash hello Kuhilika uh thank you to T3 for giving me this opportunity to uh, express my views on this uh, on this episode and i look forward to an interesting conversation with you So uh without further ado let's let's proceed uh that's a very uh positive opening statement for the audience already so uh mr prakash uh one of the uh buzz statements that is uh gained really you know the uh, uh optimum attention in the global industry is that india is steadily and speedily moving towards full recovery So uh the I think the full recovery in outbound travel is expected to take place by 2024. So Mr Prakash what is the ground reality how actually is the scenario looking like according to you? I think we've been uh, very uh, well not only fortunate but also uh, constructive in the way we've tackled uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. and the uh, and and the recovery post pandemic. Uh so India is one of the countries that has recovered the quickest. and i think a large part of this is due to the fact that uh, we are a very resilient people uh, innately uh, we know how to uh, tighten our belts when the times are not uh, right and to work uh, towards uh, restoring normalcy as soon as we possibly can so uh, if you look at outbound i would say we're almost at about 80 to 85% of where we were pre pandemic which is a remarkable uh, achievement absolutely uh, it's it's been a very those, those were two tough years but i think uh, the trade bounced back and did it without any direct help from the uh, government uh, unlike many other countries which got bailouts we got nothing mm-hmm. and yet the industry survived so i'd say we we we're, we're doing all right and i think uh, we should be uh, heading towards even surpassing uh, the uh, pre-pandemic levels by the end of this year or early next year inbound of course is a different story but mm-hmm. where outbound is concerned the growth has been very robust oh that's great to learn mr prakash but then um, the audience i think i'm sure would already like to know what uh, are the gaps or the untapped areas where the inbound uh, and the outbound potential to be precise outbound potential of india has not been explored yet what is what is the required strategy to move ahead to grow more exposure towards the indian outbound sphere See, traditionally uh, we have had three times the number traveling out as compared to the number that has been coming in mm-hmm. so inbound outbound has been like you know 
is a 2.6 2.7 to 1 mm-hmm. um and the growth has been driven very largely from the uh tier 2 and the tier 3 cities mm-hmm. because that's that's aspirational travel mm-hmm. and uh because there was uh, a, such a pent up demand over the, the last two years, I think we saw people getting out there, getting ready to travel. <clears throat> we did encounter certain uh, challenges and not all of them have been overcome. Uh, the first, of course, was the fact that airlines did not restore full uh, capacity. Hmm. And therefore, the airfares have become very, very high. Uh, there sometimes as much as twice what they used to be uh, in uh, 2019 for certain destinations. And the other challenge was the uh, backlog, the logjam of visas. Hmm. As you know, the uh, US, UK, Canadian, and all the Schengen countries, huge backlogs. Truly. Um, So if we need to look at outbound, we need to look at, you know, promotions in the smaller cities, Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, the Bombay, Delhi, Calcutta, uh, Chennai, uh, Bangalore, these, mm-hmm. these, these continue to be uh, big uh, gateways. Mm-hmm. But it's the smaller cities where I think a greater emphasis is needed mm-hmm. uh, if we really want to promote uh, outbound tourism. And we'll come to the other roadblocks in outbound in a while. But I think uh, that's, that, that would be the starting point. And you will see that even the uh, you know foreign tourist boards have realized where the traffic is originating from. Yes. And therefore, you see them doing road shows in the smaller cities, which earlier they were not doing. Truly, yeah. So that's, that's, that's where the growth is going to come from. And that's what uh, is going to drive the uh, market. So, Mr. Prakash, uh, just write the point that you have mentioned now. Uh, I mean, post-pandemic, I think India uh, has been on the spotlight for tourism uh, with its diverse composition of market segments. So, uh, you know, with attracting global attention now, even more prominently after pandemic, it is uh, on the hit list. I mean, destinations, various destinations are also shifting their strategies with, you know, more focus on gaining traction from India. Uh, And also positively, India is expected to be the second largest tourism source market after China. So what has been the reality and uh, how are you looking at the scenario? Look, the whole world is uh, wooing the Indian tourist. Mm -hmm. Uh, China closed down and hasn't really opened uh, fully even as yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've already surpassed uh, China in terms of population numbers. We are the most populous country in the world today. Yes. uh, Which has its positives and its uh, downside as well. Mm -hmm. However, uh, where the market is concerned, you know, everybody looks at this big, big, big uh, numbers Mm -hmm. and everybody wants to be uh, wooing the Indian tourist. Mm Yes. Um, the challenge that we're going to face is this uh, latest uh, huge roadblock that the government of India has placed on outbound tourism. Mm-hmm. A 20% tax collection at source. Yes. Now that mm-hmm. is, you know, it, it just goes contrary to everything that... Uh, serves to promote tourism. Yes, I can understand that the government would uh, like to curb the outflow of foreign exchange, Mm -hmm. would like to uh, encourage greater domestic tourism, would like to encourage uh, greater inbound tourism. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have to understand that the 
tourism is a two way street yes indeed um, you know barring small countries uh, which only have inbound i mean let's talk the island nations let's talk places like bhutan mm-hmm. where there is all inbound i mean there's hardly any outbound from these places mm-hmm. but a country as large and as diverse and as populous as india mm-hmm. needs to support tourism in both directions airlines need traffic in both directions mm-hmm. and at the end of the day when you talk about vasudev kutumbukam mm-hmm. your young people need to travel out see the world and discover Mm-hmm. that it is indeed vasudev kutumbukam that the world is one mm-hmm. so we had uh, made a uh, representation to the government as staffy mm-hmm. as well as uh, through faith which is the umbrella association of associations within the travel tourism and hospitality industry mm-hmm. and uh, we had uh, very strongly represented that this would be a big big stumbling block Unfortunately that uh, plea of ours has uh, gone unheeded and therefore I see uh, tough times for uh, outbound tourism because what it does is it also places the indian agent or tour operator at a disadvantage vis-a-vis an overseas entity mm-hmm. uh number one those those entities do not pay gst to start with mm-hmm. so there's already a 5% uh, bias which we had learned to live with yes but with a 20% tcs which you don't need to pay if you book through a kayak or an expedia or you know go and pay directly uh, at the hotel mm-hmm. uh, that's 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 a big body blow so that's that's going to be a challenge and let's see how the uh, market reacts to that come july because that's that's the middle of the outbound season Yes so Mr Prakash as you have mentioned about government's role in uh, influencing outbound travel so uh, how actually are you seeing the indian government playing its role in prioritizing the tourism industry how well it is doing it's favoring the industry so i i do believe that uh, the government can do much more and needs to do much more if it is serious about harnessing the full potential of the travel and tourism industry for the economic upliftment of this entire population i think that's a very uh, important remark from your side mr prakash i think the audience has a very motivating spirit uh, to learn upon and to uh, i think uh, really think upon this time and uh, moving forward i think uh, from the cross section of the industry as well if we dig deeper what is the industry's reaction i mean what are the changes in the travel agents attitude that have occurred in selling outbound tour packages after all these circumstances what what is the reaction mr prakash mm-hmm. so we'll find out soon enough uh, what the what the impact of uh, the uh, PCS is going to be on outbound mm-hmm. but at the same time i think that you know we will have to find i mean the industry has to survive travel is going to grow there's mm-hmm. no two ways about it people mm-hmm. do want an experiential uh, travel uh, uh, you know they want to uh, discover new places they want they want bragging rights they want to put it on instagram they want to put it on facebook mm-hmm. so people will travel what will change is perhaps the choice of destination 
Yes. Uh, the short haul destinations, the destinations that permit you to travel uh, either with a visa on arrival mm-hmm. or a country like Kazakhstan, which suddenly mm-hmm. said, okay, visa free travel for uh, Indians. Mm-hmm. So this is going to determine the choice of destinations. Yes. And the industry will also need to look at where do we find the right segment for the right sort of uh, 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 traveler. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first time traveler, maybe, you know, uh, Dubai and Singapore and uh, 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 Bali and Mauritius. Mm-hmm. All these could be the first time destinations. So the agent or the tour operator needs to equip herself or himself mm-hmm. with better knowledge, mm-hmm. better use of technology. Mm-hmm. Now, chat GPT suddenly you know, became the buzzword everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and people said, oh, this will replace the travel agent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been hearing this for the last 20 years when commission cuts first came in. Mm-hmm. And people said, oh, the travel agent is dead. Mm-hmm. No, the travel agent is not dead. Can never be. People have discovered the perils mm-hmm. of unassisted online bookings. It looks great. I mean, I'm standing at the airport counter in Mumbai, checking in for this flight to uh, uh, to Germany. The persons next to me are shocked because suddenly they're told they need to pay 28,000 rupees for their bags. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when they booked online, they didn't see that the fare that they got so cheap had no checked-in baggage. So people discover these things, you know, the hard way. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and say, oh, no, I, I better talk to, you know, my uh, travel agent. So people will need the agent, but the agent needs to equip herself or himself mm-hmm. with the latest knowledge because information is available. The question is, how do you interpret that uh, information? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you structure it to create the most cost effective and the most interesting and the most exciting package for your traveler? Mm-hmm. So that's that's where uh, you know the uh, the upskilling or the reskilling is needed, and and and, and to do that uh, on the Taffy website, which we've just revamped uh, very recently, mm-hmm. we've put up 150 plus courses for our members. Once they log in, mm-hmm. they can access these courses. Some of them are soft skills. Some of them are uh, courses specifically pertaining to the uh, travel uh, uh, requirements. Mm-hmm. There are destination uh, knowledge modules. Mm-hmm. So all this we're doing so that our, uh, our members are at least better equipped to handle the uh, new uh, age traveler who is very demanding mm-hmm. and very uh, well uh, researched. Mm-hmm. They do all the research and then come to you. So you better know at least a little mm-hmm. more than they know. Mr. Prakash, you have mentioned here about the new age traveler. So I, I want to know uh, a little bit on the consumer side as well. What are the changes in preferences or the shift in mindset that has happened pre and post pandemic, you know, during this three years? What, what, is, what, is, what are the changes that you have observed in the industry from the consumer perspective? A couple of things, uh, you know, uh, one is that uh, people are a little more spontaneous. Mm-hmm. If there's a short break available over a weekend, I mean, they'll do it if they can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, provided, of course, everything else falls into place. The tickets are affordable, the visa is available, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing that has changed, you know, spontaneous, short uh, uh, trips. Mm-hmm. The other is uh, family. I mean, we've always been uh, a, a, a nation 
mm-hmm. where people travel as families mm-hmm. you know you often have three generations traveling together mm-hmm. so what people discovered during that time was that if you cannot meet your loved ones there's a sense of deprivation so when you have the opportunity you will find that people will travel with families and then they'd rather look at you know airbnbs or a villa or a, you know something like that rather than a than a than a hotel hotel mm-hmm. so uh, alternative accommodations mm-hmm. alternative uh, destinations mm-hmm. have seen uh, a an uptick mm-hmm. uh, and apart from that of course there's the uh there's the uh the uh, high spending segment mm-hmm. which is looking for uh, very exotic uh, very unusual vacations mm-hmm. so it could be you know a trip to the antarctic mm-hmm. it could be a trip on a south pole uh, icebreaker mm-hmm. uh, people are looking at those indian travelers are looking at those things as well which a few years ago was uh, unheard of so safety um affordability to make your rupee go as far as you possibly can mm-hmm. uh, and quality experiences rather than merely sightseeing take pictures come back and you know show them no i think people have become a little more discerning in the kind of holidays that they want mm-hmm. the other trend uh, and it's really you know um not as big as we would like it to be is the shift towards a more uh, sustainable sort of tourism Yes. Now that is yeah talked about more than it is practiced mm-hmm. because people are willing to say yes I would like to uh, uh take uh, uh you know a sustainable vacation in a sustainable destination with mm-hmm. a sustainably uh, certified tour operator mm-hmm. but they're not always willing to pay for it mm-hmm. because these things so you know this this will take time but at least the seed has been sown mm-hmm. that there is no planet B for mankind mm-hmm. and if you abuse nature she will strike back definitely so i think people have realized that mm-hmm. uh my uh you know uh, a few years ago when you were in goa you went out in the morning to stroll on the beach and you had hundreds of plastic water bottles being washed back mm-hmm. yes now i think there is some change in mm-hmm. these attitudes people do realize that if you throw garbage into the sea the sea will throw that garbage back at you yes that realization is coming in and it's important that the younger generation be made more aware of these things because finally it's going to be their world mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so these are some of the trends that uh, have uh, slowly developed let's hope some of this uh, goes further and people do actually uh, begin to look at travel as not just a getaway and fun experience mm-hmm. but also as something that helps to connect people better mm-hmm. make us more accepting tolerant is not a good word mm-hmm. accepting of each other even with the differences that we might have in mm-hmm. terms of what we wear what we eat uh, you mm-hmm. know our customs our religion but travel teaches you that the differences that seem to divide us pale into insignificance before mm-hmm. all the commonalities that we all share as human kind so that's that's another part of travel that i would like to see being brought into the mainstream mm-hmm. and that's that's where you know the iipt the international institute for peace through tourism which is a 37 year old uh, body 
uh, also affiliated to the UNWTO and which I represent in India. That's that's one of our missions mm-hmm. to make people aware and the industry aware so that the knowledge can percolate down to their uh, customers of the power of tourism as a force for good. Mm-hmm. Because it's founded on just two two very simple uh, premises. One, that tourism, which is one of the biggest industries, you know, we, we account for 10% of global GDP. Mm-hmm. We account for uh, one in 10 people being employed. Mm-hmm. Every new 10 jobs that are created, four of them are created in the tourism industry. Yes. So that tourism could become the first global peace industry. Mm-hmm. And second, which is even more significant, is that every tourist mm-hmm. is potentially an ambassador for peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all it's based on. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do. Get greater awareness out into the world about the force of tourism, about the power of tourism as mm-hmm. a force for Thank you, Mr. Prakash, for such warm words. I think the audience are truly mesmerized to listen at these motivating you know, perspectives from you. But then, uh, uh, thank you for, first of all, thank you for bringing out uh, the context of green tourism at, the, at this point of the conversation. I would like to know more about it. Where are we right now in terms of green tourism and what are the areas that we need to explore in green tourism? I mean, what is the roadmap ahead? and how are we contributing currently? The government is is talking seriously about uh, you know green uh, tourism, about sustainable tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we have the presidency of the G20 for this year, mm-hmm. I think this is a great opportunity for us to bring out before the world mm-hmm. the traditional Indian values, mm-hmm. which were you know. Don't want, don't don't waste, don't want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, as, as Mahatma Gandhi said, mm-hmm. there's enough in the world for everybody's need, but not enough for everybody's greed. Now, mm-hmm. these are these are concepts that are integral to the Indian way of life and the Indian way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, if you you know remember when you went out a few years ago into the villages, mm-hmm. the villages were clean. Mm-hmm. What has happened is plastic has overrun everything. So outside every village, mm-hmm. you will find heaps of you know plastic garbage. garbage. Yeah. Now these things are things that can be controlled. Mm-hmm. It's very simple, you know, to have to to empower the district administration mm-hmm. to tackle these issues. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so tourism requires a and you know an all round sort of because this is about people. Mm-hmm. This industry is about people. Everything else is about, you know, manufacturing, building, da, do. This industry is only about people. Mm-hmm. And if we can approach people and explain to them that this is the right way and this is the wrong way, mm-hmm. then I think we, we have an opportunity here to take this message of conservation, of, of uh, you know, Janani, uh, the earth. Uh, to the world. I mean, you respect your mother. That's that's what we've been taught to do. So the earth is your mother. Respect her. These, these, these are traditional Indian values. We have to use this G20 presidency to get these things out on a much, much broader stage and a much, much bigger scale. And I think we can start with our hill destinations because they were like really impacted during the COVID. I mean, you saw the traffic jams, you saw, it, it was impossible. 
so carrying capacity is something that is that is integral to sustainable tourism mm-hmm. uh you know the joshimat uh, landslides it's because of unchecked development you might say yes it's a ses- it sits on a seismic fault yes it does but all the more reason for us to be more careful in our planning and our execution of development so we we have to start somewhere and i think the government has a very big role to play in this also for i'm not talking about green washing because that that's that's the uh, that's the fall at a word in this whole thing but where you have hotels destinations uh, tour operators who are genuinely practicing sustainable uh, tenets and uh, you know practices there needs to be an incentivization from the government we need because someone has to offset that additional cost mm-hmm. so that's that's where we need the government to uh, pitch in and a formulate very very clear measurable quantifiable guidelines and parameters mm-hmm. to have the industry create a body that monitors it in 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 association with the government and then to incentivize the people who actually practice this and make a difference i think that's what needs to be done what a brilliant statement that you have made mr prakash tourism is people and people is tourism i think this is one of the best statements that i have come across in the entire conversation and it is truly i mean agreed from my side i think the audience would also love to hear uh, on the segment side as well i mean how how in terms of uh, the indian outbound the segments of weddings uh, cruise tourism and mice is contributing to the entire outbound scenario mr prakash how how do you see, uh, see the scenario flourishing in total See again. I mean, uh, weddings and cruises and uh, mice. Cruising is still uh, an infant in uh, you know a segment in uh, India. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, less than five percent of Indian tourists actually uh, currently go on cruises, but that means it has huge potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also got uh, Cordelia, who's home birthing now in India. Yes. I think that will uh, that will introduce many more Indians. at an affordable price to cruising mm-hmm. and once they've done that and discovered it i think they will uh, you know graduate to the um, uh, longer more luxurious uh, cruise liners mm-hmm. this cruising is is fascinating i mean you know you you, you see the world uh, or, or rather the world goes past you uh, while you're having a great time so cruising has huge potential uh, and uh, I think we also need to up our uh, port facilities so that more international cruise lines call on uh, you know Indian ports. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it needs to happen, as I said, in both directions, inbound, outbound. Mice, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, so many uh, countries that have incentive packages for uh, mice. Taffy did this convention in uh, Sarawak in uh, Malaysian Borneo in yes. September. We yes. took almost 500 uh, Indian uh, travel agents uh, mm-hmm. and tour operators to a small town called Kuching in Sarawak, mm-hmm. which Indian trade doesn't know about. Mm-hmm. But it became viable because the Malaysian Tourism uh, Board 
laid out the red carpet for us. Mm-hmm. So mice requires, uh, you know, a um, a certain amount of incentivization, mm-hmm. uh, which I mean, I would have loved to have done a convention in India, but I couldn't get that kind of support from our state governments or our central government for that matter. Mm-hmm. So. Mice will continue to go outside. We do have now. We have a Geo World Center in uh, Mumbai, which oh. is an excellent uh, convention uh, center. Yes. But access, parking—you know—all these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need, if we want to promote mice within India mm-hmm. and into India, we really have to uh, up the game uh, because. Even in a small town like Kuching, I mean the 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 Borneo Convention Center where we held the convention, Daffy mm-hmm. Convention, was state of the art. Mm-hmm. It was fully equipped. You know, you could have five thousand people connecting onto the internet simultaneously. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of infrastructure uh, that you need for uh, mice mm-hmm. weddings. We we are a, uh, we're we're a de- Destination for weddings ourselves, you know, uh, Jodhpur, Udaipur, uh, all these places. We attract a lot of uh, weddings, not only Indian weddings but also overseas weddings. Yeah. But at the same time, you've also had people who've done big, big events in. I was in Greece, and uh, you know, these people told me about this big Indian wedding with 500 people, and they were thrilled. So these these are all segments, but it requires. A certain amount of specialization. I mean, not everybody can do mice. Not everybody can do uh, weddings. Not everybody can even do domestic tourism. Yeah. So we need we need specialization. We need good people who a are knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. B know how to handle people. Mm-hmm. And C uh, you know think beyond uh, just the ordinary. Mm-hmm. So these segments have huge potential, both for inbound and for outbound. And ideally, we'd like to see. It happened both ways. I think, uh, as you have concluded your statement, saying that uh, with new measures, I think we will be truly moving forward with new energy. I think that is what it is required in the entire industry: new perspectives, new energy, and new notions and new ways to uh, get the entire tourism. Again, begin. I think I'm totally thrilled at the information exchanged, and uh, I can't really thank you enough, Mr. Prakash, for bringing new perspectives to ideate within the industry for the D3 audience. It's it's truly so inspiring to learn from you every time. And me, belonging to the new age segment of the industry, I think you are truly an inspiration. And uh, it is always so great to have your presence around, and definitely the infectious positivity that you bring with you, and. Uh, the ideas and the perspectives you open up to i think that is brilliant so any last message that you would like to convey to rt3 audience mr prakash uh thank you koelika for your kind words uh, it's it's always good to uh, talk to you uh the only thing i would like to uh, say in conclusion is we are the big industry mm-hmm. 10% of global gdp is not small we are bigger than automotive we are bigger than many other industries However, while the automotive industry, while the IT industry, while the construction industry, uh, all of them have a lobby and a voice. Hmm. We need to understand and realize the power that we have, the scale of this industry. We need to make our voice heard because with 
a contribution of 10% of global GDP, we have a very, very large voice. We have a stake and we need to make sure that our message gets across to our government, to global institutions, to the world at large, that tourism is here to stay and tourism is a positive force for good, for the elimination of poverty, for the healing of wounds of conflict and for just bringing people closer together so that we can work towards creating a more sustainable world and at the end of the day leave it a better place than we found it. That is the true purpose of tourism in my mind and if each of us in the industry absorbs that and, and disseminates it, I think we can be a force to reckon with. That's it. With this positive statement, I think we are at the end of this conversation. So I conclude this session today. Thank you, Mr. Prakash, for your time today and also thanking the lovely audience joining the session. Uh, with this, this is Kuhilika Roy Chaudhary signing off as we promised to get back with another detailed session, with another voice and another insightful conversation. Stay tuned for more. Thank you. Thank you so much.